Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode 14, I'm going to be chatting with Jane Carter of Jane Carter Coaching about overcoming common fears in private practice. We talk about fear, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism, and what to do about them. Let's get started. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm excited about the blooper reel at the end. Have you been wanting to start your private practice, but you can't seem to take that first step? Maybe you're afraid of failure or lack confidence, or maybe the idea of running your own practice is overwhelming. I'm Cindy Norton, owner of Mountain Practice Journeys, and I help therapists and counselors to love the business side of private practice. I'll share with you practical skills and advice, along with a healthy dose of inspiration so that you can be on your way to the practice of your dreams. Put on your hiking boots and let's get going. If you haven't yet listened to episode 13, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about how to niche your therapy practice, as well as how you can niche when you're not yet sure who your ideal client is. Now let's get on to the interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton, and I'm here today with Jane Carter of Jane Carter Coaching, and she's going to talk a little bit today about common fears in private practice and how you can address them. So Jane, if you want to introduce yourself, and we'll just um, hop into the topic. Awesome. Cindy, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's always fun to talk to you. Um, I am a small business coach. I'm also a therapist. So I have two businesses. Um, I'm a therapist in private practice, but I also help service-driven solopreneurs like therapists in private practice to have more fun and money and freedom in their businesses and in their lives. Um, And I do that with a real background, not only in the strategy side, but the mindset side, uh, which makes sense since I'm a therapist. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> if my coaching clients cry a little, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, But yeah, it really is a passion for me. I love helping people to change their lives through their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And business and personal stuff is so intertwined. And, and just to let everyone know, Jane is actually my business coach as well. And I've learned so much from her and really helped me grow my business. And I've seen so many parallels of things that are going on in my life and how it shows up in my business. So I think they're, they're all in the same because when I learn something in either one of those areas, it helps out in the other. Totally. Totally. There's that saying that how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's really cool to see how you've taken these courageous leaps in your business, but it totally is showing up. I mean, I hope it's okay to talk about you, but definitely. I mean, here you are doing this awesome podcast and and, uh, just the ways that it's so amazing to see the ways people in general become more confident as they work through the stuff that comes up when they go Mm -hmm. into business. Yeah, because this is something I would have never imagined myself doing, just being, (laughs) this is like way out there for me. So I'm just happy that I was able to take the leap and go for it. And it's been great. Yay. So exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just thinking about private practice, I remember when I was thinking about opening up a private practice, there was so much fear and so much uncertainty. And there's so many things that can stop you in your tracks and stop you from pursuing your dreams. Um, so how did how are you seeing that come up for people? Oh man, so many ways. And first of all, I will just share that I had to go through this journey myself. And mm-hmm. 
I probably left my job about three years too late or later than I should have. I knew I wanted to go into private practice, but again, I was so scared and it's normal to have that fear. And, um, I kind of, I finally did start the practice and I was really excited. I got some really good coaching that helped me to, to feel more courageous about doing it. Um, and then the pendulum kind of swung to the other degree where I was like, and I'm going to start this huge online business. This is going to be awesome. And everyone says it's so easy. They just tell you how to do your funnels and it'll be fine. So I kind of swung to the big and realized, oh, no, that's not for me either. <laughs> that's way too big. And it's a lot of work. There's no such thing as passive income. So, so then the pendulum kind of swung back to the middle where in the aftermath of trying to create this huge thing, I realized, oh, I need to do some individual coaching. Like, that's what I love to do. And it was kind of this Goldilocks moment. of Like, I was playing too small and wouldn't leave my job. I left my job and like, it was way too big. But then there was this thing that was just right. And, and it, it, my story is a parallel for a lot of people that were kind of like awkward puppy dogs where we're just sort of crashing into everything. Right. But mm-hmm. you have to, it's the only way to get over the fear. It's the only way to learn, right. Is to yeah. just make those leaps and then learn as you go. So, yeah. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'd love to talk through some common fears that I see come up and they're going to be kind of broad, but I'll, we can get into specific examples. Um, I mean, the main one I would say is fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. And fear of failure. I mean, there's this sort of the, just the obvious fear of failure, but then it's really sneaky and <laughs> I mean, fear, <laughs> fear is so sneaky. And I mean, our clients, we see this in our clients, right? Um, perfectionism. It's just, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, perfectionism is just fear wearing pearls in a fur coat. <laughs> yeah. Um, imposter syndrome, um, rationalization saying like, well, I'll start this when blah, blah, blah. When the time is right, you know, oh, start, yeah. you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is so common. I'm guilty of that myself. Um, uh, as you know, as <laughs> being your yeah. client, I am, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, when this happens, then I'll do this. Or I'm going to set this for spring of 2025. That's when I'll be doing this. <laughs> A little bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. <laughs> and even my coaching clients, sometimes it's like, we'll be setting goals. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll wait till after the holidays or I'll right. start it then. And I realize you know, it's like, Hey, just go for it. You know, if you're planning on doing it already, it's almost like that thing you were talking about being in, uh, you know, leaving your job three years too late where it's like, I knew that I wanted to do this, but I didn't. And then when you look back on it, it's like, why didn't I do that when I first had the idea? Because yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did the, the, um, once I have a certain amount of money saved up, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I mean, that was one of the many excuses I had. And then I saved up some money and then literally three weeks into my new private practice, my car broke down on the highway and I lost all my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot, I could, I, if I was going to start living by living on credit cards, I could have done mm-hmm. that a few years ago. Yeah. And you um, will be tested when you make decisions because sometimes oh, uh, you make a big decision and then sometimes the universe is like, are you sure about this? Right. Are you really sure? Oh my and then God. if you can make it through those little, like, yes, I'm sure. 
and then it'll work out. <laughs> totally. My, my favorite example of someone saying everything has to align. <laughs> so we were talking about this awesome business idea she wanted to start. And, and she, she was like, you know what I'm realizing? I always picture myself wearing a suit and, and I have this thing that I can't start my business until I look really good in a suit. And I don't like how I look in suits right now. <laughs> so, so then I'm like, okay, well, I need to lose 10 pounds. So I'll look good in a suit. And I was like, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? You know, I was like, do you see what you're doing here? You know, this is just all fear of failure. And she's like, I'm going out, I'm going to buy a suit that fits my body right now. And I was like, uh-huh. you don't have to have a suit, but if that makes you happy, do it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Fear of failure is super tricky. Another thing, and you and I are both fans of Stephen Pressfield and the, the war of art. Mm-hmm. And he talks about yes. the resistance where even things like fatigue. Yeah. Oh, you have it right there. Look at yes. you. Yeah. So for everyone listening, I have, I'm showing the, the book because I have it right beside my computer and it's wonderful. You can just look in it and read little sections and it gives you so much inspiration. So yeah, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield, highly recommend that book. And, and so, yeah, things like, like if you've ever, um, (laughs) like I need to write a blog post, but, oh, I'm so tired all of a sudden. (laughs) Oh, I need a nap first, you know, or even, um, sometimes physical complaints or just feeling overwhelmed or suddenly confused. Um, oh, fear is so sneaky. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so I'll, that's one big fear that I want to talk about. And, um, and really what's underlying fear of failure is fear of shame, right? It's, it's that primal thing of not wanting to get kicked out of the clan that, you know, the, the cave clan or whatever, our, our, um, or the tribe or whatever you want to call it, um, our kind of Neanderthal roots. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if we face shame of either, you know, getting rejected, we put something out there and it gets rejected mm-hmm. or, we, we put something out there and we find out it's just not very good. And it confirms our worst fears of, Oh my goodness, what if I'm actually not very good at this work? Um, that, that again, it taps into that deep primal thing of, I don't want to get kicked out of the group. I, I used the word clan earlier. I don't mean, like, you know, I'm sorry. That's a triggery word. Yeah. Um, but like, we don't want to get kicked out of the group and that's terrifying. And so we may not even realize that that's this little deep thing that's getting triggered whenever it's time to take a risk and, and risk failure is that, yeah. I mean, Oh my gosh, I've, I don't know about you, but I've had some failures and I felt so much shame and mm-hmm. it was so horrifying. And yet the failures have ended up being the best gifts. You know, they've been the source of so much of the goodness of what my business is doing now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the other common fear, especially with therapists, especially with introverted therapists, <laughs> um, fear of being seen. Yes. So to market yourself, to put yourself out there and hang out your shingle, you have to be seen and that can feel super scary. And it's kind of underlying that as a fear of judgment. And, and the tricky thing is, you know, obviously there can be fear of, of being seen as we maybe fall short or do things imperfectly, but I've really noticed there's also a fear of being seen in terms of just playing on a bigger level. 
So even if you're doing really well, sometimes there's judgment, you know, sometimes we see very successful people and, and people will kind of do that. Oh, well, who does she think she is? She must be really proud of herself. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, especially among therapist groups at times. Yeah. Um, or people kind of project their stuff onto people who have a more public platform. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have this fear of being seen or fear of being judged, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It can be a, a judgy space because I guess traditionally, or the way that you sometimes think of therapists, they just have their own little private practice and their little office and their cozy chair, and they just see their clients and then that's it. But the way that just the way that marketing has changed and the way that you find clients is totally different. And yeah, you can still find clients um, in a lot of different ways. You don't have to be like way out there, but a lot of times by doing that, you're able to help the clients that need you find you. Um, and it's super important and it's not anything to be ashamed about. Like let people know who you are and how you can help. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so another fear that I would, the last fear I want to talk about is again, it's a lot, it's very subtle, um, but there's just a fear of change and that can be good change or bad change. And again, we tend to just think, well, why would I fear change? Like, Oh, my practice is full of ideal clients and my life is going to be awesome. Why would I fear that? Well, because it's change and it's uncomfortable and it's out of our comfort zone. And if we're not used to something, then moving there, especially a little too like more quickly than we expected can be very disconcerting. Mm -hmm. um, I think about, there's a musician, sorry, my dog's coughing up a hairball. Um, okay. <laughs> hello, hello, Hugo. Hugo. He really wants attention right now. Um, <laughs> There's a musician named Maggie Rogers. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's her music is beautiful. And she was just a student at Juilliard and had a, a viral video go around with um oh what's his name? He does happy. Um I'm totally blanking. Oh, I'm, I know who you're talking about. You know, I'm talking, um, oh my gosh, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. And I feel so <laughs> silly. You can put this in the blooper reel. <laughs> anyway, um so now I'm obsessing about it. Okay. Anyway, whatever. So she has this viral video go around of her beautiful music and she just blew up. Suddenly everyone knew her name and she got record deals and she was just in training, you know? Mm -hmm. So everyone was like, isn't this great? Aren't you excited? And she had a meltdown because it was yeah. faster than, I'm sorry. Can you hear my dog? Yeah. <laughs> You go okay. He's having a meltdown too. It's okay. He's having a little meltdown. He can't take all this attention. Um. So, <laughs> so anyway, um. So she she has like sudden overnight success, which is what everyone thinks she wants, right? But then mm -hmm. she just it's too much because it's too much change. She didn't have the chance to kind of incrementally grow along with it. Mm -hmm. um, her second album was all about that and it's beautiful and it's heartfelt and it's super vulnerable. Um, so she kind of made lemonade out of those lemons, but I think it's important to acknowledge that when you're starting a private practice, you are making a major change in your life mm -hmm. and it's, that's hard. Yeah. So yeah, but I like the way that you frame that because it would be um, so jarring to have this overnight success going from opening your doors of your private practice to have this overflowing private practice. Because I feel like 
that slow growth, like learning along the way can be so beneficial, even though we want to be at the finish line. It's not about the destination. It's more about the journey. And I think that's why I love just with the mountain practice journeys and the metaphor that I use with, with mountains all the time. Like it's, it's climbing, you know, you're slowly climbing up the mountain. Like you can't just snap your fingers and be at the summit. Uh, to, to take your metaphor, you know, when people, um, when people climb in altitude too fast, they get altitude sickness, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they get major health problems. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, this, this slow journey and dealing with all the fears that come up mm-hmm. along the way, you know, sometimes people complain, they say, Oh, it's not happening fast enough. This is mm-hmm. so scary. This is so hard. And that's all just acclimating to the elevation, right? Mm-hmm. It's oh blog post, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's all, mm-hmm. it's all part of the thing. And I really think, uh, a lot of us, you know, when we look back on those first few months, especially there's kind of this wistful, like, oh, look how cute I was yeah. <laughs> having all my little fears and uh-huh. you know, like, that was adorable. And mm-hmm. I wish I enjoyed the process a little more instead of, yeah crying myself to sleep or whatever. Definitely. And even thinking about, yeah, you could get to the top of a mountain. You could probably spend a bunch of money, pay somebody who has a helicopter to fly you up there right quick. And then you can stand up there and look around, but you're not going to enjoy it as much as you actually climbing the mountain yourself and having that beautiful reward. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so I want to talk about um, kind of the three I gave you three fears. So let's look at three ways to to deal with those fears. Um, So one is speaking of dogs, Mm -hmm. I I just talked about my dog making noise, Um, creating a shift from reactivity to our fear into kind of that calm, assertive alpha dog energy. Like I, I talk to my clients a lot about stepping into the leader role in their business and if you ever watched uh, Caesar Milan, the, um, <laughs> the, the dog, dog whisperer. Oh, I love him. He's amazing. <laughs> He's so good. And he never screams or yells at the dogs. He no. always just has this very calm, assertive energy. He's definitely the alpha. Um, but he just kind of says, okay, where do I want to lead this? I'm not going to, I'm not going to react to this fear. I'm going to observe it and I'm going to shift it to where I want it to go. Right. Yeah. So, and sometimes you have to kind of recommit to that role over and over again. Wait a second. I'm Cesar Milan. <laughs> <laughs> How do I dog whisper my business? Things feel out of control or overwhelming right now. How do I step into that role again? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and I mean, Cindy, you with your Enneagram nine energy, I think you're actually <laughs> very good at staying in that calm, assertive place. Oh, so. definitely. That's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cindy and I are both Enneagram nine. So we talk about that and there is, I mean, there is kind of a calm, a calmness that can really be helpful uh, mm-hmm. and, and help kind of transmit that soothing energy to others. And so, yeah, it's uh, all about balance. If there's too yeah. much energy in the room, I'll bring it down. If there's not enough energy in the room, I'll bring it up. It's about this con- I like things to be consistent and in a good place. And so it really is just adjusting that to get it to this comfortable place. We're, we're the volume dials of the Enneagram, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
so, okay. So another thing to remember when it comes to facing fear is, and I'm, I'm quoting the writer, Danny Shapiro on this. I have to attribute this. Um, courage is more important than confidence. I'm going to say it again. Cause that knocked me on my butt when I heard it. Courage is more important than confidence. It is. I love that. I'm letting that sink in. I'm having to think about it. Like that's really profound. Isn't it? And, and I mean, part of that is commitment, right? You, you commit to doing the thing. You commit to starting the practice or you commit to doing the marketing. Um, but once you've committed to it, if you wait for the confidence to show up, it's not going to, it's never going to show up on its own uh, mm-hmm. unless you, you know, take substances that help you with that, which I don't want you to do. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the courage, it's taking courageous action and then repeating, you know, it's the repetition that brings the confidence later. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to know this whole process, sort of like what you're asking your clients to do, your, you know, your counseling clients, you're asking them to get out of their comfort zone over and over and over again. And as they kind of step up to the challenge, they do get more confident. So it's, it's pretty exciting to watch. And it, again, it just really comes with repetition. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite quotes is um, Kurt Vonnegut. He said, uh, you are who you pretend to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? and so I know, you know, we kind of talk about imposter syndrome at times. I often say that the solution to imposter syndrome is to pretend that you're confident. So like to literally, okay, I'm going to be an imposter and pretend that I'm confident, but then you do become that person. You you step into who you're going to become. Definitely. I feel like the action, you have to take that action. And then once you're able to do that and you see that you can do it, then it's like, oh, I can do this. Exactly. And then it's not the other way around. Cause if you're waiting to believe that you can do this, like sometimes, yeah, that may happen, but most of the time there's so much doubt and it's not going to come first. So you just have to take action anyway. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, that worked out great. Or, Oh, that wasn't so great. How can I adapt? I'm going to try it again. Oh, okay. I'm getting better at this. And you build that confidence. And, you know, part of that too, in recognizing that it takes courage is that I mean, we have to acknowledge that fa- failure will happen. Mm-hmm. It may, hopefully, it's not going to be a big, <laughs> horrible failure. Um, but if but, it, but if it is, you're going to learn so much. <laughs> even if it is, it, you're going to be okay. Um, but I mean, there's just no way around making mistakes. The, the only way is through, right? And mm-hmm. so you have to commit to recognizing your own courage and patting yourself on the back and going, you know what? I tried, I was in the arena. I put it out there. I'm so proud of myself. Some people just, you know, they stay in the bleachers and they don't get in the arena. Like Mm -hmm. I'm courageous. I'm proud of myself. I feel good about myself. Right. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that where it's almost waiting for things to be perfect or waiting for waiting to have the confidence, waiting to know for sure that I can do this without mm-hmm. any failure or waiting to know um, if I do this, it's got to be successful. Like I can't have anything to mess up. And then you don't move. You're stuck. You do nothing and you you don't move the needle forward at all. And yeah. it took me a while to learn that where you just have to go out and risk failure, uh, risk being 
criticized risk, people Uh maybe not agreeing with you, which is really hard um, for introverts and Enneagram nines and highly sensitive people. Like you don't, you don't want kind of any negativity out there. And it's like, Oh, what if, what if I do this and people don't like it? And it's like, well, that's typically that doesn't happen. And if it does, it's okay. I know that there is something that I really loved. I don't know who to attribute it to. Um, but they say, uh, it was something to the effect of if you haven't pissed someone off before 10 AM, you're not visible enough. Uh, so (laughs) I think, well, probably a few people have said some version of that, but Prince said something like, if you haven't pissed off, yeah, half the people you've met or something like that, at least today you're you're doing uh, something. Yeah, that's the only way to not have any failures, to have everyone like you. It's to not be out there and for have no, like people, if they don't know you, they can't not like you. So that's the only way is for you to remain hidden, not share any of your gifts. Um, But yeah, if you put things out there, I've been surprised, like some of the most wonderful people in the world, like you can't find any fault with them whatsoever. They're doing so much good in the world. You Mm -hmm. go to any kind of online forum, read reviews or comments, Mm -hmm. there's going to be if they're famous enough, there's probably going to be like 10 or 20% of the comments that are horrible and really hateful and nasty, but it's, you know, this is an amazing person. So that may happen to you as you get more visible, as you put your voice out there, just know that it's going to happen, but it really, for the most part, it doesn't have any reflection on you or who you are. There's just people that are that are mean <laughs> People project their stories on and their stuff onto anyone who's visible. Yeah. Right. And trolls are going to troll and haters are going <laughs> to hate. And hopefully you're not going to experience that. But if you do again, yeah, I love what you just said that the more you're out there, the more likely you are to bump into people who are looking for someone to project their unhappiness onto. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to have a copy of the four agreements in your back pocket. If yes. possible. <laughs> so don't take anything personally. Yeah. Um, uh, don't make assumptions, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So, so the other piece that's so important, and this is part of what you do, Cindy, and, and what I do, but um, is if you're going to be facing these fears and taking this courageous action, you have to get support. Mm-hmm. It's so vital. I mean, it, I, it made such a difference for me to get coaching. Um, it's, I've seen it help other people to make that difference of, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you're hanging on this cliff. I mean, I, I'm thinking about myself, you know, for the three years that I wanted to leave my job, sort of clinging to the edge of the cliff, just digging in my fingernails, like, no, I can't drop off this cliff of leaving my job. And then with support, I realized, oh, that cliff was about three feet deep. In fact, it wasn't a cliff at all. In fact, it made a lot more sense for me to stand there. And so, right, you, know, um, you know, but having the support of a group or of a coach, um, it just, it helped have someone else be able to reflect that perspective to me mm-hmm. that, Oh, okay. Just because you're feeling fear doesn't mean that you don't have what it takes. It might just mean that you're having fear like a normal human. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, um, I love that imagery, just like clawing and hanging on to a cliff. And you're probably looking straight forward, making sure your claws are in there, that you're not going to fall. And it takes someone else to say, hey, 
turn your head like a little bit to the left and look behind you. And it's like, oh, wait, this is not a cliff at all. Like it's, it's not be okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of, um, that's that phase that again, not to criticize. I think a lot of people need to go through this phase where they're listening to all the free podcasts and they're downloading all the freebies from all the websites. And they're just taking in as much information as possible, right. Without wanting to spend any money or invest any money. And there's this point where you have to decide to, and I promise this isn't a sales pitch for me. Um, I'm, it's a process everyone needs to go through. There's a point where you have to de- decide to invest some time and some money into having that kind of support because the act of taking a leap of faith mm-hmm. gives you such a stronger sense of commitment. Like, okay, I'm committing to joining this group. Um, I'm committing to investing in myself. Um, <laughs> I loved uh, in a podcast episode with, I listened to a lot of podcasts, um, Elizabeth too. Gilbert and Brene Brown, they talked about uh, leaping off the cliff and there isn't a guarantee that it's going to be, you know, three feet deep, but they, but they said, you know, you, at some point you have to take the leap off the cliff and at least go, wee <laughs> as, you, as you fall and you, you know, knit your net together to catch yourself. Um, but it makes such a difference when you have other people cheering you on and you know that you have all invested in that together. And so th- there's another uh, study, brain research study that I came across that kind of blew my mind, um, showing that if a mountain climber is about to climb a mountain by themselves, the mountain looks 10 to 20% steeper than if they have a friend with them who's climbing okay. it with them. Yes, that is so true. Cause I even noticed it on hikes. Like if I go hiking and I'm by myself and there's this huge, you know, <laughs> incline that you climb up, it, it seems so much harder when you're on your own. But if you have just one person with you, it's, it, totally. it's easier. Yeah. We, it's, it amazes me how much our brain changes in relation to who's with us. So yeah, if you're on your own, you're, like your actual visual perception is the, the steeper. Mm-hmm. And, and so when it comes to something like leaving a job and starting your own business, oh my goodness, how much harder and scarier could that seem than if you have people who've, you know, been on that journey or at the very least who are in it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why, you know, I love you and I've talked about some of the groups that you're going to be doing. And I love that idea of people not having to step out and try to do this alone. Yeah. It just makes such a big difference and talk about, I mean, it's just, it, it cut, it doesn't make the fear go away. The fear is never going to go away. I'll, yeah. I'll just Spoiler alert, the fear mm-hmm. is never going away. <laughs> yeah. Even when you get more confident in what you're doing, there's always another challenge. But that's okay. This is what this is the journey we're all on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have people with you, if you have someone cheering for you, um, and you know, pointing out the the cliffs and the boulders, uh, it just makes such a huge difference in terms of coping with that fear and growing in the process. It does, and I love what you mentioned about investing in yourself because it really isn't a sales pitch. It's it's just one of those things where I learned the hard way. Um, I mean, when I first started out in my private practice uh, or knew that I wanted to open up a private practice, I began researching. And I found every free thing possible out there that I could. And I didn't spend any money initially. It's like, it was a lot of work. 
and it was exhausting. And there was um, so much information out there. It was so overwhelming. And I feel like if I would have gotten a coach earlier on, it could have filtered out all of that extra noise and it would have been way less overwhelming. I would have felt more confident, but I was stubborn and I'm like, I want to find everything that I can. I'm a good researcher and you know, it worked, but it, I feel like it probably took me a lot longer than what it would have. And even just thinking about investing in something, Mm -hmm. it, it makes you have better results because I have gotten access to, to like a free course or something. And, um, maybe when it could have been sold for hundreds or thousands of dollars, but since I got it for free, I may have logged in once or twice, didn't take it that seriously. And then I bought a course and I paid like $1,200 for it. Cause it was something that I wanted to learn. I yeah. was in there every day. I did every yeah. lesson. I rewatched things and I learned so much and I grew so much as a result. So I think the act of trading money for services or investing in yourself, it, there's something to be said for that transaction. It shows like I am worth this. I believe in myself. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have skin in the game and, and to tie it back to the fear conversation, it's, it's an act of overcoming some fear, right? It's saying, okay, I'm going to step out into the void of trusting that this money is going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like here's a courageous act. I'm going, Ooh, I don't have that many clients yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to go off this cliff a little bit you know, mm-hmm. and I'm taking a leap. And in the act of taking leaps communicates to ourselves, Oh, I'm courageous. Oh, I'm someone who can take a risk, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, so there's so many reasons why just the act of investing in yourself itself, that, that itself ends up building the confidence. So, yeah, I, and I, you know, even as we're talking about fear, I know, again, I'm talking in these broad concepts, but it's not just that moment of leaving your job and starting the private practice. It can be the tiniest little thing that just freaks you out, you know, <laughs> like, okay, I have to hit publish on this blog post or this. Oh, that just brought back chills when you said that, because <laughs> I was thinking about when I launched my website yep. and I started a blog and my first blog post was a welcome to my blog blog post. Yeah. And so it's like, there's nothing anyone could disagree with. I wasn't going to, you know, get any negative feedback about it, but hitting that publish button was so scary. It's so scary. There are all these little, these things that seem so tiny and they're so scary, you know, um, announcing on your social media, Hey, I started a private practice, Yeah, you know, um, or, or announcing to your colleagues, you know, or like making, you know, sending that email to a colleague that you want to network with. Oh my gosh. How scary is that? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so many pieces of this where you're going to be facing these fears over and over and over again. And yet, uh, it's the, it's, I did a, I did a little Instagram live on this. It's on my IGTV. Um, we were talking, I was talking with a friend who started at the same time I did, and we were both terrified. And we, we talked about this idea that risky is safe and safe is risky, mm-hmm. that to not take that risk, it feels safer, but it's actually a lot more dangerous. Yeah. Right. 
because otherwise you're going to get stuck in this in either keeping your practice small and looping along or, or you're going to stay in the risky situation of being in your agency job and getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. We're actually taking these risks. It's terrifying. And yet you're actually taking the safer route. Yeah. And the more you put yourself out there and jump off the cliff and go, wee, the more likely <laughs> you are to actually land on your feet. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's fun. It is fun, right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It's adventure. <laughs> People don't think of therapists as adventurous types. I beg to differ. I've seen yeah. way too many risk takers in these, you know, just in starting a business to, to think that. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. No, all this information has been amazing because I think fear really, it does keep us small. It keeps us from taking action. Um, and almost, I mean, actually everyone that I've talked to, everyone that I've coached or my colleagues, I've never heard anyone say, I wish I would have waited longer to go into private practice. It's always like, maybe it was the right time, but more often than not, it's like, oh, I should have done this way earlier. Really? Right. Can I, I'm going to throw a, um, an existential little truth bomb out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we've been laughing at all of that, but ooh, here it comes. Um, so you and I both know Paul Fugel saying from yes. Open Collective, and he's this, oh, he's just the most uh, calming presence, very mm-hmm. wise, very deep, uh, kind of intimidatingly so, because anytime I say something, he, he'll look at it, sort of take what I said, spread it on a piece of toast, think about it, <laughs> and then come back with a truth bomb. So I was, I was freaking out about starting my coaching practice, and I had some failure, and I was relaunching, and, you know, having all of my verbal tics coming up as I was talking about how afraid I was to hit publish on my new website. And he just said, Jane, the thing is you're going to (laughs) die. What? Uh, Why would you say that to me, Paul? And he said, you know, you're going to die someday. Life is short. Do you really have time to be obsessing about all of these silly little fears of yours? Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it made for an awkward breakfast after that. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. However, man, I mean, it just, yeah, suddenly it put, I mean, again, this is why other people are helpful, right? Mm-hmm. He, he cut through all the stupid you know, neurotic fears that were coming up and it just was like, Oh yeah, no, I don't have time for this. Like this yeah. is my one and precious life. Why am I not doing this thing that I want to be doing and helping the people who need me and getting it out there so that I can find them and they can find me. Like why, why would I wait a minute longer? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. this is deep spiritual work. It just is. For it. Yeah. One of my spiritual mentors said something to the effect of um, frame every so-called disaster with this in five years, is this going to matter? And then it really gives you some perspective, like the little things, they don't feel little in the moment. They feel like it's the end of the world. But if you put it in that perspective and adding what Paul said, you know, life is short. We are going to die. Like is what we're obsessing about right now. Yeah. If it's not going to matter in five years, then maybe don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. Those are wise words, Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you're such a good coach. (laughs) 
yeah it's it's so true and i'm excited that you're uh, that you're getting you've gone through a lot of your fears and that you're doing this work you're doing this work and it's helping people so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i've definitely had to go through it in order to do it and things still are scary but i'm just going to do them anyway because life is short <laughs> because life is short exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been such a joy chatting with you today. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about our topic today? Any last little nuggets? I feel like the, the quote from Paul is yeah. really amazing. Like that's a good one to end yeah, on. Yeah. How do I, how do I, I don't know if you that? can top that. <laughs> I do have a thought that's a little happier than thinking about our, you know, inevitable demise someday. Um, I'll try to end on a lighter note. Um, so If anyone is dealing with fear, especially as it comes to their business, as it applies to their business, I want you to think about the idea that your business is pulling for you, that your business, your, your private practice, even if it doesn't exist yet, even if it's a very private practice, (laughs) you know, two or three people, your business is pulling for you. It wants good things for you and for your future clients. You know, it wants to give you money. It wants to take away your burnout. If you really think about your business, and especially for people who are burnt out from an agency job and their confidence is pretty crushed, it's really hard to tap into this idea. But I, I want to encourage everybody to, to meditate on the idea that this business, it's an entity. It exists. It's It has a a soul, a spirit, it, it's, it, it's here for you. It, it wants good things. And if you think of it that way, it also helps put some of the fear in perspective, mm-hmm. right? That it's all part of the growth process, even the fear itself, even the failures, these are all part of your business trying to grow you and who into who you are meant to be. I love that. Almost seeing your business as a friend or like this entity that's supporting you. And it's not something that you have to be afraid of. It's not you against your business or trying to make this business work. It's like, hey, this business is rooting for you. It is on your side. And that reminded me of I don't know. I'm just so fascinated with the studies about plants. And if you like talk nice to them, they'll grow. And if you're mean to them, they die. Like just think of your business as this living, breathing entity, like a plant where giving it love and care, like it's going to really blossom for you versus if you're like, oh, this is so hard. This isn't going to work. Like that just kind of, you know, bringing it down. Yeah. You don't want a sad plant. No. <laughs> and if you have a sad, like if you feel that bad about the plant, you're not going to want to hang out with it and talk to it and water it as much. And then it might become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you and I always go down these metaphorical rabbit <laughs> where we take the metaphor about 10 steps further. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to go into talking about plants and soil and fertilizer. And Oh yes. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll let all the therapists listening just take those metaphors where they want to, uh, mm-hmm. you can imagine where we're going, but Oh yeah. They can really roll with those. metaphors. Oh yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just thinking about, um, if people want to learn more about you, find yeah. out more, follow you, like, how can they do that? Yeah. Well, so I have a website, um, janecartercoaching.com and I have a, a 
free download, um, five ways to make more money in your business now. And as you can guess, it, it sounds very just like, here's your checklist, but it's very mindset-y. Um, and they can get on my newsletter list by either downloading that, or if you want to just um, contact me through the website, I'm, I, I send out a newsletter with little insights and tricks and tips and, you know, more, um, you know, little truth bombs. And uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I'd love to hear from people and uh, yeah. And I also do something called get it done days um, where my clients have little group masterminding days and coach each other. Um, but we have guests. I, every, everyone, I give everyone a free pass to attend. Um, so you can also email me through the website and I'm happy to have someone join if they want to, you know, get a little coaching from some other solopreneurs. Yeah, I've been doing Get It Done Days for a long time now, and they're so helpful. So I would recommend everyone at least taking advantage of your free pass, getting a taste of what it's like, and you'll definitely leave with a lot of insights for your business. And also, yeah, your Instagram, you've been doing the coffee chats, I've noticed on Fridays. So tell people about that. I'm just at, um, at Jane Carter coaching and I started, (laughs) I decided to, um, face my own occasional fear of being seen. Um, this I've been seen, but on Instagram, I hadn't been seen so much. So it's like, (laughs) all right, here we go. So on Friday mornings at nine 30 AM, uh, Eastern time, I pop on there and talk about different topics and interview different, uh, different solopreneurs. It's still kind of a new thing, but then I save those to IGTV so people can go back and watch them. Um, but yeah, so if you want to kind of get a taste of some coaching, uh, that way and see me in person, you can pop on over to Instagram and yeah, uh, yeah. but I'd love to see people and hear from them and hear about anything from today that stood out to you or that you found helpful. I'd love to hear from people so you can, you know, what did I say? Find me in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or email me at my website. I'm such a middle-aged woman. I'm like, hit me up in the DMs. Is that what the kids are saying these days? I'm sure it is. We're good. I've got my my side part going on right now. So um. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cindy, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. All right. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> During each episode, I'll be giving you one small takeaway, action step, or mindset shift. I call these acorns. Listen to episode zero to get the scoop on what the acorns are all about. The acorn from this episode is to take action, even if it's a really, really small action. Maybe your small action is to start a blog or create a workshop or reach out to a colleague for coffee. Whatever it is, don't stay stuck in the fear. Just take a small action. As Jane and I talked about, your confidence isn't just going to manifest or appear out of thin air. It comes about by courageous action. Through each little action you take, you are bringing about more confidence in yourself. By taking courageous action over and over again, you will gain the confidence needed to move forward in your business. The fear is not likely to ever go away. With each new endeavor in your business, you will likely have a new fear to pop up. The goal is not to do away with the fear, but to build up the confidence to keep moving in spite of the fear. As I outlined in episode zero, I'll be alternating between a fun fact and what I'm digging segment with each new episode. The fun fact for this episode is that I am an Enneagram 9. I wanted to share this fact for this specific episode because my guest Jane Carter is also an Enneagram 9. 
If you haven't heard about the Enneagram, I want to say that it is much more than a personality type. In my opinion, it is one of the most powerful personal growth tools out there. There's so much to learn about its wisdom. I attended a year-long training and certification program with teacher Lissa Friedman of the Enneagram School of Awakening, and I feel as though I was just beginning to scratch the surface, yet I learned so much about myself. In a future episode this season, I'll have Hannah and Monica from Empowered Enneagram on the podcast for a special chat about the nine Enneagram types in private practice. If you would like to learn more about the Enneagram, get started by visiting EnneagramSchoolOfAwakening.org and EmpoweredEnneagram.com. I've also created some cool Enneagram apparel that's available in the Mountain Practice Journey store, so be sure to check it out. Thank you so much for joining me today on your private practice journey. For episode 15, I'll be talking about how to name your therapy practice. I'll share different options and important considerations for each type of name. There's no way you can know how much it means to me that you choose to join me here as I share all things related to private practice. Please subscribe so you don't miss a step. For more information about this episode, visit the show notes page at mountainpracticejourneys.com slash podcast. I truly appreciate you trailblazers. Your mountain is within reach. Journey on. Such a joy. I'm sorry. I have dog slurping going on. <laughs> oh, I don't even notice. It is fine. Hugo can join us. He found a way. He found a way. <laughs> no, Hugo is definitely like, welcome in this interview. And scene. <laughs> sorry, I'll stop. Oh no, we like I was just totally gonna leave it in there and introduce oh, Hugo. So no, I'm sorry, I'm being a perfectionist. Make me stop. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> You can take that little blooper out too and put it at the end if you want. Yeah, Uh, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.